0: Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg and the host of Inside Personal Growth. And as I do on every podcast that I start off, I always thank my listeners because without you, uh, there would be no Inside Personal Growth. Your faithfulness in listening to my podcast, my voice, and the voice of my uh, guests. For now, over almost 10 years, with uh, approaching 600 podcasts, is just phenomenal. We appreciate each and every one of you. We love hearing your feedback uh, about my author interviews, and I appreciate all of you taking the time to listen to these. Um, today, joining me from Dallas, Texas, is Mark C. Winters, and Mark is the co-author with Gino Wickman. Who is the founder of a company called EOS Worldwide? In a new book or a book called Rocket Fuel, the one essential combination that will get you more of what you want from your business. Uh, good day to you, Mark. How are you doing?
1: Oh, doing great, Greg. Glad to be on here with you.
0: Well, we're glad to have you on, and thanks for doing this podcast. It's always Um, just a blessing to me to find great folks out there like you, uh, and Gino and the team at EOS that are doing the kind of work that you're doing. And I'm going to let my listeners know a tad bit about you first, Mark, so that they have an idea of just your background and experience. Mark's a seasoned professional with 25 years of entrepreneurial leadership experience, delivering a high level of success. His experience in companies ranges from multi-million dollar global enterprises like Procter & Gamble and British Petroleum, to raw startups uh, originally drawn on a napkin. Uh, his diverse background enables him to identify and apply patterns of success for virtually any business scenario. Um, Mark, as I said, co-authored this book. Um, it's a wonderful little book. It's an easy read, by the way, for most of my listeners out there who are interested. Um, I think the whole series of books that um, EOS Worldwide has produced and make it easy for CEOs and people who are on the run. Now Mark, you have this affiliation with the OS and you are an implementer and you're in the consulting business and you help these small to mid-sized entrepreneurs grow and develop their business with higher levels of efficiency and organization. And one important element that you distinguish is this role of the visionary and the integrator. You guys have you know, or implementer uh, that you guys have basically created. And I think it sets kind of EOS apart from many uh, companies as well. Can you explain these roles and why it's so important for the visionary of a company, the person who usually starts it, all my people out there who are in startups or CEOs of companies, to have this great implementer in their business?
1: You bet. So just to to clarify the language a little bit, it's an integrator
0: I did write integrator
1: in there, so there we <laughs> go. <laughs> okay. um, but it's you know it's kind of tricky when the when the words are are that similar, integrator and then of course implementer in the in the EOS world. Uh, but if you think about it, what we see in in companies of of a certain size, so think in along that curve between five and and uh, you know two hundred and fifty employees, they start to deal with a series of challenges and the pattern that we notice is there's really two distinct types of leadership energy in there that that makes it go and one is the visionary energy which everybody's uh, you know probably more familiar with that that's sort of the impulse that gets the thing started in the first place a lot of times but then there's this integrator role that we talk about that sort of pulls all the pieces together and and makes it real makes it happen they're more detail focused they they're more execution oriented and what we saw greg was when we would get these two types of leaders to uh, combine their efforts and and fit together in a complementary fashion it it just really had this this launching effect to take that Particular business to a whole whole other level of performance. So we watched that happen a number of times, and you know, Gino really discovered this and put words around it. Uh, you know, a long time ago through some of his own experience in in a family business, and uh, so we wanted to, to to give folks a formula and really a, a framework to help make that happen uh, more intentionally than just letting it be happenstance.
0: One of the things that EOS has done is that your organization basically has created some amazing videos that are out on the Internet, and they're graphically facilitated videos. They're animation-type videos. And um, I'm going to recommend to all of my listeners who are listening to this now to really get this idea between the visionary and the integrator, um, go out there and check out the videos that EOS has put up because there's one video that's four minutes and 10 seconds long that you got to watch every minute of. And with that being said, you found some common challenges that a visionary has. And I'd like you to explain some of those challenges and how an integrator really helps them get out of meaning the visionary get out of their own way. Because this integrator is such an important role. Um, with a visionary to work hand in hand. Um, now, we don't, we don't say that there isn't conflict from time to time, but we do say they complement one another, and it's an important element. So what are some of those challenges that you see visionaries fall into all the time that are common that uh, they need an integrator to help them take care of?
1: Well, you know, visionaries are, are highly gifted uh, individuals, and uh, you know, they they have so many wonderful things that they can do. And frankly, there's so many things that wouldn't happen without them if uh, if they didn't didn't get it started. But you know, along with those those great strengths, uh, you know, come a handful of things that that are really kind of tough to get to get past. Some of the common things that we see, Greg, are, you know, it's. It's just sort of an inconsistency. It's like a, you know, as they're, as they're excited about something and they're moving on it, uh, you know, it gets tons of focus, but, you know, then once they're sort of bored with it, you know, they move on and so it doesn't get pushed. And so things will kind of stop or, or stagnate. Uh, there's another dynamic we call organizational whiplash, whereas the leader of the organization, when the visionary looks left, you know, the whole organization starts looking left. And about the time they all get looking that way, the visionary turns their head back to the right. And they're looking over there. And so then the organization starts all turning their heads to the right. And by the time they get over there, the visionary has turned back to the left. And so it just has this sort of a, a whiplash effect on, on on the direction of the organization and all of the energy within it. We see things like, uh, you know, dysfunctional teams because a lot of visionaries get bored with the, you know, the, the, the detail and, and the, the things that are required to really help a team become healthy uh, you know, a lot of times that requires a lot of effort and work to build the foundation of trust and, and, and open the clear lines of communication to, to create a healthy team. And, and many visionaries just don't have patience for that. So that can create challenges. Sometimes they, they're reluctant to, to let go of things. And, and one of the interesting things, Greg, that, that we found in the research for the book, going in, my premise was really that reluctance was about control. And that visionaries wanted to control every little detail. And through talking to, you know, so many visionaries, uh, what, what became apparent was it's really not about control. It's about trust. And the, what's happened somewhere along the way is many visionaries, they, they handed something off that was important to them. They let somebody take it and, and and run with it, and then that person sort of dropped it and and broke it, and uh, and then the visionaries left, kind of looking at it, going, "Oh my gosh, you you know you you broke that thing. That was my thing. That was really important to me." And so they've had that trust broken along the way. So now they're sort of gun shy. Yeah. They're they're reluctant to hand those things off. So that's really difficult for them to get up over uh you know the, the the next level and and really grow the capacity of the organization if they won't let go of those things themselves uh so that that's just a handful of things you know you can really think of a visionary uh i heard a, a psychologist describe it as a as a ferrari with with bicycle brakes i mean they're just running and gunning uh but you know without proper structure around them they create lots of challenges for the rest of the organization
0: mm. Well, at one point in your book, you cite, and I'm sure it's through your research, that only 22% of the population is cut out to be a visionary. But the interesting disparity is only 2.2% of the population are cut out to be integrators. How does this visionary go about finding a great integrator? Because if there's less integrators than there are visionaries, that means there aren't enough of those really good integrators to go around.
1: Yeah, that's really a a great catch that you that you made in your read, Uh, you know, just to kind of simplify the numbers. It's a four to one ratio. So for every four folks out there that are, are visionaries, there is one person that's wired to be a great integrator. And to make it a little bit more challenging, we think of the two fitting together like a two piece puzzle. So every integrator isn't an ideal match for every visionary. So you got to kind of filter through the stack and figure out the one that's going to be the right match for you. So, you know, all of a sudden it's sort of like a game of musical chairs. You don't want to be the one that gets caught without a chair when the music stops, right? So we really want people to get on the move and uh, visionaries to, to, to begin searching for, uh, you know, for, for their integrator. Don't wait. Uh, and to help facilitate that. We put together what we call a visionary integrator connection process. So uh, we have a seven-step model that kind of walks you through all the things that you need to think about and get clear on and how to move through once you make the decision that, you know what? An integrator really would help me. Uh, How do I go find one? And, uh, you know, so that's, that's that's the process that I would point people toward.
0: Well, why don't you explain that a little bit more in detail, Mark, because I think the listeners out there would truly be interested in having some uh, more context around that.
1: You bet. So, so the beginning of it is very introspective. So the first question we want people to answer is something we call the visionary spectrum. And this is really about looking, uh, you know, with, with you know, your eyes wide open at your business and trying to answer the question, how much visionary does this business really need? And there's a couple of different factors that we consider there. One is, you know, what type of industry are you in? You know, if you're in some kind of high tech, industry that's, you know, rapidly changing, there's tons of change. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of new news every day. That's going to be a different kind of need than an industry that's much more simple and stable and established and, and just kind of, uh, you know, the same year after year, really. We look at the growth aspirations that you have for the company. Is this something that you want to really take and grow 10x on one end? Or on the other end, is it something that you just kind of want to maintain what you've got? and then the third factor there is what we call market change or complexity and that's really uh, you know all the different moving parts that may exist in a given industry so you factor all those things together and you end up with a spectrum where on one end you may need as much visionary energy as you know a steve jobs would maybe be the picture for that and on the other end you know we sort of jokingly say maybe a mr magoo would do for your particular business so get 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 clear on that get clear on how much visionary your business needs. And then from there, we move into understanding the profile of the visionary. So in the book, we have an assessment, the visionary indicator uh, assessment. And we want folks to take that to understand really where they're strong and where they're interested and where their energy uh, is best directed. So fill out that profile, understand yourself. Uh, We have a tool that we call a wish list where the visionary basically pours out all the different things that they would like to see taken care of, all the things that they would like to see, uh, you know, taken off their plate or all the hassles that they would like to see go away, uh, you know, from their life as it relates to the business. Get that stuff out. And really what we're trying to do is we're trying to shape their puzzle piece, right? We're trying to understand what in that two-piece puzzle we're trying to fit together. What does that visionary's edge look like? Then that's what leads us to the next step, which is to understand. Okay, this is the ideal profile of an integrator that's going to fit nicely together with this specific visionary in a very complementary fashion. So, if you'll imagine me taking my two hands in front of me and and fitting my two extended fingers together, my two you know the fingers from both hands. <laughs> what, what we want to see is a is a fit where between the two we cover everything. OK, so if there's an area where both parties are strong, that's OK. But what we don't want to have is a situation where between the visionary and integrator, we still have gaps. We still have things that are missing. Uh, once they understand that, they craft their job description. And in the book, we put a what we think is a really good start for a nice uh, integrator job description. Of course, you you know, you tailor it to fit your particular business, that particular uh, you know, visionary, visionary's edge for what they're looking for, and that's your start. So, if you'll notice, those first, first three or four steps are all looking inside. They're looking at yourself, they're looking at your business, and you know that the fourth step is really about what we call readiness. So, we have four readiness factors.
0: Mm-hmm. What's well, well, interesting, Mark, that you state that the integrator has this unique ability to obviously harmoniously integrate the major functions of the business and i and i think you're talking about characteristics right now in other words you're trying to match characteristics between what a visionary would match up with this integrator can you tell us some of the great characteristics of an integrator what is it that you know if the general listening audience out there today is going okay great i know i'm the visionary but i've yeah i've been through three integrators already (laughs) <laughs> you know, and 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 they know they're looking for something, they just don't quite know what the characteristics might be or the match might be, um, because I do know a lot of, of visionaries have a tendency and do go through integrators. They can't get along.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well... By the very nature of the difference of the two, there's a lot of friction built into the relationship. You know, and imagine that they're going to butt heads, which is why we need to put structure around that to help you know take that that friction and direct it into something positive. Uh, you know, to answer your question, if you if you want to think about the you know the DNA as we call it of the integrator, you know, what are they made of? What are they all about? Uh, you know, they're they're excellent at communication. They're great at creating clarity. Uh, you know, they drive things forward to resolution. They're really good at helping us, you know, keep focused. They create accountability in the organization. They really build the team. Uh, you know, they'll follow through on, on the details. You know, they can, they can break the ties that would otherwise get us stuck. They can help us knock down the obstacles and barriers that get in along the way, help us prioritize. And, you know, at the end of the day, they're all about making it happen. Think about the visionary as the one who's making it up. And then the integrator is making it real, so so many visionaries are frustrated by all these ideas that they have that they just can't ever seem to get done they They can never seem to to make them follow through and and, and get going and so the integrator lives in that special place in between the visionary. And the rest of the organization, they're close enough to the visionary that they can actually understand what in the world the visionary is talking about and they can kind of get it, right? Mm -hmm. And then they can help filter through all that never-ending stream of ideas that are coming from that visionary and sort of separate out the gold uh, from the stuff that's just going to distract us and carry us off track. And then once they figure out what the gold is, then they can get really clear and they can turn to the organization and they can explain it in a way and they can focus the energy in the organization in a way and they can follow it through, push it through, drive it through the organization until it actually happens and becomes something real.
0: Well, it is a delicate balance. And as you've said, you know, it's the yin and yang between these two. And one of the things that I pulled from this book, and I think it's really important is that not only have you developed just this, this one tool that we're going to talk about here, but EOS Worldwide has developed many, many different tools around processes and procedures that you think help improve efficiencies inside organizations. But one of these tools is called this accountability chart, and it's supposed to assist the integrator and the visionary to lead, manage, and help make employees accountable for their responsibilities. And this is one of the biggest challenges that any business faces today is not fo- not only finding the right talent, but then finding the talent that will follow through. Why does this accountability chart, in your estimation, work so well? And what makes it different from an org chart and everything else? Because when you look at it, it kind of looks like an org chart when you look at yeah. it in the book.
1: Yeah, really, really great question. So what I would say is, the accountability chart is your map. So that's where we take all the things that need to get done in a business and we intentionally structure uh, you know, where they're going to fall. So without being bound by how we've done it in the past or how other people do it, we can really sit down with a white sheet of paper and go, all right, what's what's really the right structure to get us to that next level we're trying to get to with this business. Let's take all the stuff that needs to get done, all the big stuff, and let's map it out so that we have a, a human structure, a people structure that makes sense for how it's grouped together. And then within that structure, let's lay out lines of accountability And, you know, when we talk about accountability, we're talking about eyeball to eyeball accountability. We don't, you know, believe in dotted lines and, and uh, you know, two people being accountable for something. We believe in having one person accountable for a thing and they being accountable to one person for that thing so that they really have to look them in the eye and go, yeah, I did it or no, I didn't. Mm -hmm. And it it makes it very clear and and eliminates all that slipperiness and, and complexity. So once you have that map, of, all right, this is, this is what it should look like, then we start to, to match people to that map. And by having that clarity for, okay, this is where that's going to fall, this is where ownership for that is going to lie, and then ultimately, here's who's going to do it. And having the right folks uh, you know, on the accountability chart to actually follow through and do those things, it's a really powerful clarifying tool when you think about how it's different than an org chart you know to just to kind of look at it on the page it looks real similar like you said but the process that we go through to get there as you see is very different it's very intentional it's not just reflecting hey here's what happened here's where we ended up because we collected you know these dozen people along the way and here's where we put them or here's where we fit them in but it's really intentional for here's the structure to get us to the next level it's very clear Around what needs to get done and by who, and it has the clear accountability relationships that need to exist. It's not about levels, it's not about titles, it's not about politics, all that stuff that you know people may have experienced in other organizations and other types of organizations really have no place in an accountability chart.
0: Well, it's masterful in the respect that you're matching the role and responsibility of somebody that the organization believes is accountable to the actual function and then making them accountable to the person that you believe has the best acumen to follow through on that. And I think in other cases, organizational charts are just job descriptions of functions people are supposed to perform based upon somebody having written it up and done it that way. So I get where it's coming from. I get the differences. I hope my listeners understand that. But for those of you who don't, just get Rocket Fuel, look inside of it, read the pages around the chapters on the accountability chart, and you will get there. Um, You have something in the book that you refer to as the five rules between the integrator and the visionary. Um, I want you to explain what those five rules are and the importance that the visionary and the integrator adhere to them. Why is it so important that they adhere to these five rules?
1: yeah so that goes back to your observation that you know their visionary and integrator are naturally very different, so you know left on their own they're going to butt heads, and a lot of times without structure, the relationship will will break down so let's let's assume to start off, we have folks that are a good complementary fit and they're both uh, committed to do the work that it's going to take to make it a great relationship. The structure that we want to put around that is something we call the five rules and the five tools. So, for the five rules, I'll just kind of walk you through. And the first one is they got to stay on the same page, and we have a a meeting format that we call the same page meeting. It has you know one of the world's simplest agendas, uh, where basically. On a monthly basis, the visionary and the integrators sit down. They, they first check in with each other on kind of a human level. Remember, this relationship is it's a really a deep, strong relationship. I have some folks that they'll call it their business uh, marriage. You know, it's their business spouse is the, the their complement in their visionary-integrator relationship. So you, you check in with each other. How's it going? You know, what are you excited about? What are you feeling good about? How's your family? And really kind of connect first on a human level. And then between the two of you, you build what we call an issues list and lay out all the things that are on your mind. Here's something I'm not clear on. Here's something I need to bring up. Here's something I want to get your feedback on. Here's, you know, something you're doing that's causing me frustration. And and both the visionary and the integrator lay that stuff out and they put it in front of them. And then they just start to prioritize and pick those things off one at a time. And they just work through all the issues on that list. And the commitment is at least once a month. We're going to lock ourselves in a room, build that list, and we're not leaving until we work through the whole thing. And so when they come out of there, they should be 100% on the same page and think of it almost like, you know, two halves of the same mind. So if someone in the organization comes up and talks to one of them, they should get pretty much the same answer, the pretty much the same response coming from the same place because they've spent the time to make sure they're on the same page. That's rule number one. Rule number two, we call it no end runs. And this goes back to the accountability chart structure. And we don't want someone making an end run around the accountability that's specified and laid out in that structure. So one example is prior to the integrator being there. In all likelihood, people were going directly to the visionary with their problems and ideas and, you know, complaints and and whatever. So a lot of times when you put an integrator into the structure, into the mix, people will revert to their old habits and they'll still go around the integrator and try to go to the visionary. Uh, you know, on the other hand, sometimes the visionary will actually try to go around the integrator and go down into the organization and and direct people and, you know, kind of move things around. And, you know, on, on, we call that tampering. Uh, so we don't want them to do that because that really, you know, makes the integrator's ability to be effective pretty tough. Uh, and, and we need them to commit when people come around the integrator directly to them to stop that behavior. And to help them stop it, we have something we call the question. Uh, that we, we want them to, to ask and and it, it, it's proven it'll stop that behavior in about 30 days. So what you do when somebody comes around your integrator into your office and says, Hey, uh, well, let me get you to decide this, or let me ask you about that. Or let me complain about this. You, you basically, you can hear them out, but then we want you to ask them the question, which is simply, are you going to tell them? Or am I going to tell them? Because somebody needs to tell them, and we want to direct that person back to the integrator and let them know that we're not going to become the complaint department and take that, take that monkey off their back.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So rule number three, integrator is the tiebreaker. So we'll have situations where one function will get crossways with another function, and despite their best efforts, they won't be able to come to a resolution. So let's say finance is saying we need to go this way, and operations is saying we need to go that way. And they just can't agree. Well, the integrator's in a position where they come in and they hear the whole case, both sides, all things considered for the greater good. And with the greater good in mind, they ultimately make the decision. They make the call, all right, we're going to go this particular way this time for the good of all. So it keeps the organization from getting stuck where two people can't agree. We've got somebody who can hear all the, all the cases and and make the decision and get us moving back forward again. That's rule number three. Rule number four is some specific rules of the game that we have for owners who are also employees and how to behave differently when they're acting as an employee in the business versus when they're wearing that owner hat. So causes a lot of problems when somebody is sitting in a seat in the accountability chart that's a certain employee seat, but they don't play by the same rules as everybody else because they seem to kind of pull this owner card out of their back pocket and throw it down and say, yeah, I don't have to do that because I'm an owner. That sort of blows the integrity of the whole system. And uh, so we have some very specific rules to to live by there, and it basically boils down to you know, remember your hat. Uh, when you're an owner, that's fine. You've got certain responsibilities and 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 rights that go with that. And when you're an employee playing in the business, there's certain rules you got to follow. And basically, they're the same rules as everybody else. And then finally, number five, that rule is about maintaining mutual respect. So between the visionary and the integrator, uh, you know, the integrator is not anything less than the visionary. So the visionary shouldn't be looking down at them. You know, they're not your lackey uh but they're your partner they're they're your complement they're your your other energy that works together with you to help make this stuff happen and so you need to be sure that you're treating them with a high level of mutual respect at all times
0: well those five rules are really really important and i can see you know the need to have those rules so that um there is this coherence and functionality between the integrator and the visionary and as you said in one of them i remember just now uh... that the integrator was the winner right so you've actually set rules about who would be the winner and if there was a a, a draw uh, or a tie uh... in that case now what i'd like you to do is at the back of the book of your book rocket fuel um, you have these tools and i think one of the best things about um, eos uh... worldwide and the organization is these tools that you provide not only the tools you provide for free but just the tools in general and you say there's five major tools for a visionary and rocket fuel one is the accountability chart we've already talked about that and two was the core questions and you discuss those the other one is the 90 day world the other is the weekly level 10 meeting and the third one is the scorecard of those three there, can you give brief explanations of the benefits of those tools for the listeners and where they actually fit in the process of helping organizations become more efficient and actually growing their organization?
1: Yeah, you bet. So I so I think it's all about clarity and 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 focus and, and being sure that the visionary and the integrator are absolutely aligned and and on the same page. So we talk about the 90-day world and setting rocks uh, as, as a focus for what our big priorities are in a given quarter. And we found that the 90-day time frame is kind of just right. You know, it's long enough that we can really get some big, meaningful stuff done, uh, but it's not too long that we sort of become disconnected and, 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 and unwound. So it's just a real nice uh, pulse to, to keep us connected and focused on the big things. So that's really what that one's about, the weekly level 10, is is about making sure that the leadership team within that 90-day window has an opportunity to get together and have some accountability for how we're doing on those big priorities. And also, in real time, work on any issues that have come up that maybe get in our way. So we work together and solve those problems and knock it out and keep it all moving. And we've got a forum to built in to do that every week. And then finally, the scorecard is really a helpful tool to help us spot issues earlier than we would otherwise if we didn't have that. So if you think about all the data that you could track in a, in a given business, if we can identify the handful of things that really matter most, and a lot of times it's activity things, it's things that are moving around week to week that you know, if all those things are moving in the right way, we know that the business is healthy and everything's on track and moving in the right direction. But if all of a sudden we see one of those numbers go, go in the wrong direction in a hurry, uh, you know, it it raises a flag. It shoots up the flare and says, hey, you guys better jump in here and take a look at what's going on. And we can identify that issue that we need to talk about and we need to figure out a way to solve to get us going back in the direction that we need to be moving.
0: Well, when you're running a business, no matter what size the business, you start to develop tools. And you start to develop procedures, and you start to develop ways to communicate. And one of the things I can say that I'm so impressed with that what I've seen from Gino and yourself um, is that you know that your organization and organizations, I should say, is really good at cutting through the mess. Right? You you get right to the quip. You can do it pretty fast. You can help two people do it, and you can help them do it um, with a very inexpensive solution, right, to help them grow their business. If you're going to tell my listeners out there today, Mark, where you'd like to send them in the way of a website or any um, uh, video at YouTube, uh, YouTube channels, uh, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, where would you like to send some of these folks, and, and what are the best places that you could direct them to?
1: So the first place I would say, Greg, is is go to our website, rocketfuelnow.com, mm-hmm. and a couple of big things that you can do there. One is we have our assessments online on that site, so you can take the visionary assessment, you can take the integrator assessment, and I really encourage folks to take both of those because I think it'll give them a really good picture of not only where they are, but help them understand, uh, you know, their complement on the other side of their their visionary integrator pair. Uh, when you're there, you can sign up for our, you know, our latest thinking. Uh, we I do a weekly video that that gets sent out. So, uh, you know, those really tend to address the the bigger questions that people have. We've got a nice archive of those videos on that site for you, uh, and then we also have a private group. So, uh, you know, once you you, you buy the book and, and request it, we'll accept you into the private discussion group, and there we've got a whole community that's built up of visionaries and integrators that are talking about, you know, their experiences, the challenges they're facing, how they're solving them. I'm able to interact with you on there. So, is
0: there uh, a is there a place in the back of the book that uh, that my readers, if they buy this book, has a code or something, or they just go to Rocket Fuel? Uh, now.com and they're virtually in or how does yeah, that work?
1: Go, go to rocketfuelnow.com and click on the private group and it'll walk you through a process. Oh, okay,
0: okay, all right, great, super. So, you know, Mark, you're you're great. You're a wealth of knowledge I can tell, and I know that you know people can they can only grasp so much of this at a time. That's why you have to do it in little incremental steps, and I think that is what you are so good at doing Um, again for my listeners we've been on with Mark C. Winters Mark is the co-author with Gino Wickman, the founder of EOS Worldwide and a book called Rocket Fuel the one essential combination that will get you more of what you want from your business and if you are looking to learn more about this book, Gino and Mark you want to go to rocketfuelnow.com Uh, We will put links to that website as well as links to EOS Worldwide. We will also put links on this to the YouTube video that I mentioned during this interview and obviously always to the book at Amazon.com. Mark, a pleasure having you on Inside Personal Growth and spending a few minutes with my listeners uh, and informing them about this relationship between a visionary and an integrator any parting words for my listeners
1: no just uh love those integrators so if you're out there and you're an integrator please raise your hand (laughs) we need you and greg thanks for having me on